All right, it's been a crazy week, and it's going to be a crazy end of the week. At least I think so. Welcome to our show, Jack Riccardi at 550 and 1071 KTSA. Right now, we have the breaking news about two of the uh, American hostages being held by Hamas being uh, freed, and we're keeping an eye on that story. Uh, last night, we had the President's Oval Office speech. I want to get your uh, take on that. Um, if you had a chance to listen to it here on KTSA or um, or watch it on television. Um, <laughs> as soon as it was over on Fox, Britt Hume said it was the best speech he'd ever heard from Joe Biden. And I'm like, what is going on? I feel like I'm in bizarro universe, right? Although I don't know that the best speech you've ever heard from Joe Biden is, that's kind of a backhanded compliment, right? That's like, um, you know. That's the best pizza I've ever had from Domino's. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk about some things that are going on in the news. And uh, we've got Brigitte Gabriel is back on the show. We love her. Uh, We're going to get her take on what the president had to say last night and what's going on uh, with Israel and Hamas. And um, that's about, I think that's about 30 minutes from now. Um, All right, so it used to be that when a president spoke from the desk at the Oval Office, two thing, you knew two things. When you saw whoever the president was sitting at the desk, it's not like any other event that a president has. It's not like the, the pool spray where they do the bilateral thing with another world leader or he's w- walking along the rope line on the way to the helicopter. It's, it's not like any other event. You know two things. You know that it's supposed to be historic. You're announcing or, or uh, exhorting something historic. You're, you're, you're maybe announcing that we're going to war, or you're announcing, uh, you know, you're, you're maybe reacting to an act of war <clears throat> or a great national tragedy, like when Reagan spoke after the Challenger disaster. The other thing you know when you see that is that the White House has, has basically... Um, commanded the airwaves. In other words, when when the president speaks from the Oval Office, the unspoken mandate is all networks must carry this. It's not, this is like everybody clears the decks, everybody interrupts their programming to carry it. So you can say what you want about how Biden delivered it, but I don't think it rose to the occasion of this is one for the history books. I mean, it just wasn't, it just wasn't um, up to that caliber. He spoke for about 15 minutes. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there with a pad and a pen, and I'm writing nothing down. Because it's platitudes, it's boilerplate, and it's, I want more money for Ukraine and Israel. It was actually more about Ukraine than it was about Israel. But they kind of used the fact that he had just come back from Israel uh, as the hook for, you know, we need to get this on the airwaves and everybody needs to cover this address uh, from the Oval Office. Um, I would put it together with what he said in Israel, which we talked about yesterday. And did you see him on the plane? Did you see this? So after he was with Netanyahu in Israel... He did a thing where he went to the back of the plane, Air Force One. This is, I think, flying back from Germany, and he's in like a, he's in like a, uh, like a sweatsuit. 
It looked like visiting Grandpa at the home on Sunday. You know, he's got this, like, zip-up dress, uh, uh, a sweatsuit on, and he's kind of looking droopy and tired and slurring his way along. And um, it was weird because he had his people around him. Uh, you could see KJP and Blinken, Secretary of State Blinken, was, like, right, like, peeking around the corner of the hatch like, they just wanted to make sure that he didn't say anything he wasn't supposed to say. And uh, that's where he said that uh, Hamas should learn to shoot straight or do better at shooting straight. Um, I'm glad that he's clear about the hospital was not Israel. He said that last night. Um, I realized as I was listening to him, and this is going to sound weird, but he actually is pretty much a moderate to conservative Democrat on Israel. In other words, if you think about where the Democrats are on Israel right now, I mean, have you have you lost count of how many of them have, have sympathized with Hamas? How many of them have made excuses? How many of them uh, are embracing even now the hospital story? Believe it or not, in the Democratic Party, you can do a lot worse than Biden when it comes to support of Israel. So I'll give him that. Um, it seemed like he had more to say about Ukraine. It seemed like he was connecting the two. I, I don't, I don't think there is a connection other than they're both happening on his watch. Maybe he's the connection. Maybe American leadership being weak, uh, is the connection. Um, he tried to say that they're, they're both threats to democracies, but there is a huge difference between democracy in Ukraine and democracy in Israel. And um, I don't know, just when I take together the stuff he said in Israel, like when he, when he told the Israelis, uh, I, I understand your rage, but don't be consumed by it, that just seemed very condescending. He alluded again to the death of his son, which when you've had a country that's just lost the equivalent of 39-11s, and you're, you're saying, I know how you feel because my son died. I, I just, I don't think that's helpful. I, I, think, I think Israel's been through so much that uh, t- you can't condescend to them. You can't, you can't BS them. Um, and I think that's what a lot of it was. So the plus side is you don't have a, at least he's a Democrat that doesn't hate Israel. Uh, the negative side is he looks tired. He looks drained. And I think you, you know everything you need to know about where this uh, campaign is going by the fact that uh, Gavin Newsom has gone to Israel. And Gavin Newsom's going to be covered. Every every second will be covered on TV. They're going to fall all over themselves. They're going to say he looks presidential. Um, the, the fact that he's going to Israel right after Joe Biden is, is telling, uh, in my opinion. I want to play one thing that the president did say that just jarred me. I, I, I don't know why we have to keep getting lectures about how we're not good enough. We, the American people, are not good enough for these Democratic presidents. Barack Obama did this repeatedly when he was president. And, and Biden said this last night about Islamophobia, cut number six. And I know many of you in the Muslim American community, the Arab American community, the Palestinian American community and so many others are outraged and hearty, saying to yourselves, here we go again with Islamophobia and distrust we saw after 9-11. Just last week, 
a mother was brutally stabbed. A little boy here in the United States, a little boy. So thousands of people have been killed by terrorists. And, and you have to take a moment to reflect on how somewhere in America somebody was Islamophobic. You know, it used to be when presidents were exhorting the country to support an ally or support a military uh, campaign, and, and we may be involved in this any day now. We may be a combatant in this, not just a funder or an ally. I, it's never been a thing. Not not with Abraham Lincoln, not with Woodrow Wilson, not with Franklin Roosevelt, not with Lyndon Johnson, not with, with George W. Bush. It's never been a thing to talk about, hey, you American people need to be better people. And and I there is this fantasy that the way we responded to 9-11 was Islamophobia. I think the most amazing thing you could say about Islamophobia is how little of it there was after 9-11. All the experts said it would sweep the country, it would consume us. And I'm not saying it never happened, but it happened so rarely that it isn't worth alluding to at a moment that you're supposedly trying to rally the people. It's just, it's frustrating to me. I, I, I'm just sick and tired of these people who are not better than us. They've been elected to a high office, but they're not better than us. I mean, Joe Biden is a guy that has made numerous ethnic and racial slurs and jokes over his career. He's imitated the way gay people talk and Indian people talk and everything else. I mean, who is he to tell anyone? Now, don't be Islamophobic. And by the way, maybe, I don't know, just a thought, if you want to deliver a lecture... Maybe the people in your own party that are rationalizing terrorism would be people you want to, you know, rap on the knuckles a little bit if you want to feel like a like a schoolmaster or something. I don't know. Anyway, that was my take on it. I, I, I don't think it was worthy of the Oval Office gesture and the let's interrupt all the networks kind of thing. Um, but I'd like to hear what you thought if you had a chance to check it out. 210-599-5555. The New York Times today has this correction. This is a hell of a correction. In the history of corrections, this might be the greatest correction ever. Um, an article on Wednesday about hundreds of people killed in a blast at a hospital complex in Gaza described incorrectly a video filmed by a woman at the hospital after the blast. The hospital itself was not ruined. Its parking lot was damaged in the blast. So this was the hospital they said was destroyed by Israel. Israel bombed it on purpose, leveled it, killed hundreds, 500, 1,000, 900, 500. And now it turns out that 10 to 50 people were killed when a Palestinian rocket landed in the parking lot of the hospital. And the video they're describing is what forced the correction because it's a video of a woman at the hospital that supposedly has been destroyed by Israel. Do you think they made an honest mistake, the New York Times? Do you think these other news organizations, numerous news organizations, made honest mistakes? They basically took Hamas's word for what happened. They didn't have reporters there. They didn't eyewitness it. They weren't standing going, oh, my gosh, look at that. That hospital just blew up. That was not anybody's experience. The pictures they used were supplied by Hamas's Minister of Health, 
a terrorist organization as a minister of health. And that was apparently a picture from another country. So it wasn't even a building in Gaza. They just took all of it. They were spoon-fed all of it. A mistake is when in the fog of war you are facing east and you think you're facing west, or you can't tell what uniform the combatants are wearing, or you know stuff like that. I, I, there was a plane, but we couldn't tell whose country it was because of the the anti-aircraft fire or something. But but no, I mean, you just t- you just took the word of people who are infamous for their dishonesty and brutality. And then you issue this correction, like you made a little oopsie. And see, this is going to be important. You can say, well, why are you even talking about this? We know they all lie. This is going to be important because you're going to be told what we need to do or what America needs to do or what our response needs to be based on this kind of reporting. And um, again, it's one thing to make a mistake just sort of in the in the scrum of of combat or 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 even to make a mistake because you're rattled you know you're like i i, I really got kind of like upset or nervous and i i misspoke this is this is way worse than that but that is the all-time biggest correction i've ever seen yeah <laughs> um and then what is going on with jim jordan jim jordan is now well first First, he said, I'm not going to persist in repeated votes for Speaker. And by the way, he's lost votes every time they've had a vote. But now the House has voted to drop him as their nominee. So they're no longer trying to make him the Speaker. In fact, they're no longer trying officially to elect a Speaker. And, you know, I think I'm done with um, having this explained to me by Chip Roy and Tony Gonzalez and these other people that you need to understand this is important and this is about principles. I like those guys, but you know what? I'm, I'm not that dumb. This, is ab- this whole thing with the House of Representatives Republicans is about personality. These people just don't like each other. I've seen this before in my lifetime, and so have you. It's called the high school cafeteria. Okay, and and this is not about principle, and this is not about what kind of a country we want to have or the future of the Republican Party. They are they are spiting each other. They are exacting vengeance on each other. It started with Gates, who didn't like McCarthy, and then it became other people that didn't like Gates and McCarthy, and then it was people that didn't like Steve Scalise. And at one time, they all loved Steve Scalise. When Steve Scalise was recovering from those gunshot wounds, uh, he could have been elected pope. You know, he was, a, he was a brave and intrepid man. They loved him. Then he wasn't good enough. And I don't know, as a conservative, if you're telling me as a party that you don't want to be led in the House by Jim Jordan, then you're not my kind of people. Because we out here in the heartland, we think Jim Jordan is pretty awesome. We think there should be a hundred more Jim Jordans. So if you're saying Jim Jordan's not our, you know, we don't like the cut of his jib, I, I think the Republicans have just told you a lot of what you need to know about them. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'll, I'll never do that on this show. But I, I'm kind of over them on this whole thing. And I know people get mad at me when I say this. Don't you realize how important it is who the Speaker of the House? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I realize it more than some of the actual members do. 
and I think you do as well. Uh, and you want the Republicans to make something of this slender Reed majority they have in the House, and they're not doing it. And there's no check or balance on Biden while they don't get their act together. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm fairly PO'd about this, as you can probably tell. But it looks now like um, we, you know, yesterday we thought, well, it'll be Jordan, but it'll be Jordan like in January. Apparently, it's not going to be him at all. So. Who do they have left at this point? I mean, I can't even think of, like, other people that would be credible for this and um, and would be willing to do it. I mean, there's, there's other good people, but they're not going to do it. They're not going to be willing to put their name into this uh, into this mix. So we'll talk about that, too. Um, as I mentioned, Brigitte Gabriel's coming up. Your call's 210-599-5555. We have a new JR poll, and we'll get a look here at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Hey, this is David Van Camp, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. All right, we're talking about the uh, speech from President Biden last night um, about Israel and Ukraine. I heard a lot of, uh, we're a good country, we're a great country, it's important to be a good ally. Um, I, I, I... I feel like the leaders we elect these days don't bother to um, connect foreign policy back to us. Um, And sometimes that's hard to do, and sometimes you can oversimplify, like the old slogan back after 9-11, we don't fight them over there, we got to fight them over here. That might have been a little oversimplified, but, but I mean, that was an effort to say it matters to you. Stuff that happens far away matters to you. I just didn't hear any of that. Um, I heard it's going to be more money, more money, more money. Um, and the, the the measure of us as a good people is that we're going to send them more money. Um, oh, but we need to try not to be so Islamophobic while we're sending them more money. I just, it didn't work for me. And then the Jim Jordan thing is just, this is, this is nonsensical. I mean, this, if we can't figure out what they're doing, there's no point in them doing it. If there, if this is about, some principle that the Republicans in the House are fighting over. I, nobody knows what the hell you're doing. <laughs> nobody knows what this is about. So maybe you guys should sit down in a quiet room this weekend and ask yourself, uh, is this really important? Do we really need to be fighting over this stuff? Wouldn't any one of these people you've considered be good enough for now and get back to the business of censuring the squad and and auditing Biden's war spending and, uh, oh, by the way, his son broke a few laws and uh, the family is corrupt. You guys aren't doing any of this now. And we don't care about the stuff you are fighting over because you're you're all like-minded people fighting with each other. Uh, Sam is on the Jack Riccardi Show on KTSA. Sam, good afternoon. How are you doing today, Jack? Hey, Sam. Listen, I agree with everything that you said about Biden's speech last night. The first words out of his mouth were, my fellow Americans. And this this same man has said that uh, as a national security to this country, people that are called mega Republicans, white supremacists, and even people that have protested at uh, school board meetings, they're now known as terrorists. But because he wants more money for Ukraine, now all of a sudden we're again all fellow Americans. <laughs> all our, yeah. Yeah, he did mention money for Taiwan and money for Israel, mm-hmm. but it all really was about money for Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. That's what I heard. 
Now, uh, I've got to give Biden credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. He has said that he has the most transparent presidency there is. And he is right. You can see right through him. <laughs> it's a good line. I hadn't thought of it that way. He <laughs> looks he looks rough, Sam. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but let me change the subject a little bit. I I I can't I can't believe they're letting him go out and look and sound the way he does. It's getting worse by the hour, isn't it? Well, he started his uh, speech with real energetic, with real uh, uh, strong voice, and by the time he threw, you could barely understand what he was saying. I mean, I feel like w- when I watch him, um, I feel like if this was a take away the presidency, take away who he is and the office he has. If this was a relative of yours and you went to see them and they were like Joe Biden is, you would be worried that this might be the last time you saw them. You know, that that's what it looks like to me. And when I watched the, the Blinken and the others hovering around him on Air Force One, I, I don't think they were trying to get in the camera shot. I think they were like... They're kind of hanging on to him, like, let's end this if he goes off the rails or if he starts to mutter or mumble or blank out, which he did. And I, this is um, this is why I think Gavin Newsom's going to Israel. It's pretty clear they're not going to be able to, to run him next year, or he may not be able to run. And I, I used to think that was a crazy theory. I apologize to every caller that I ever mocked or ridiculed uh, when they would call the show like a year or two ago and say he'll never he'll never make it to a second term and he's not going to run again. And I'd say yes, he is. And um, I, I have to admit, you guys are right. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but you, if this was your relative, you would be looking like I, I need to spend time with him or her because I don't know if. I don't know how much longer we have them. I, I'm not even going to get into Jill Biden and that family and what they must be like, but that's just as as someone with elderly relatives. That's that's just how it looks to me, human being to human being. You know, it's, th- this is uh, this man is not well, and I don't think he has a lot of time. And don't you think on the world stage they are? You know, other, other other countries and adversaries are gaming this out. You don't think they're looking at him going, well, this is the guy we'll be dealing with for the next five or six years. They're not thinking that. You know they're not. 210-599-5555. Um, update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Brigitte Gabriel coming up to join the show here on KTSA. KTSA News Time is 437. Uh, Some of the breaking news this afternoon, the release of two American hostages and the Navy uh, just a short time ago announcing that drones and cruise missiles uh, headed for Israel were shot down by uh, a Navy destroyer um, in the Mediterranean. Um, And, of course, we had President Biden's Oval Office speech last night following on the heels of his uh, quick trip to Israel uh, right before that. So let me bring back, as we did on Wednesday, let me bring back Brigitte Gabriel on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line, National Security Analyst and Columnist and New York Times bestselling author of uh, the book Rise. Uh, She's the chair of Act for America. Brigitte, welcome back. Good afternoon to you. 
Uh, thank you, Jack. Glad to be back with you. So we were talking before you came on about how historically when a president speaks from the Oval, that's a major, you know, that's the highest level, highest priority kind of announcement or speech to deliver. Did that talk last night live up to that level in your mind? Did that Was that what you needed to hear? I actually didn't even watch it. This is how little respect I have for that president. I knew I'm going to read about it later, and obviously I read the speech later and saw the speech later. But the problem right now is America has lost respect on the world stage because of this president. Not only, I mean, we know when we watch him, he is our president, and we can tell that something is wrong. The man is not thinking straight. He's got, uh, he's senile. I mean, if we see it, the world sees it. So the world right now is looking at Biden, and they are looking at a weak America. They're looking at America they do not respect. Russia has no respect for us. China doesn't have any respect for us. Iran doesn't have any respect for us. North Korea doesn't either. And this is why these people look at America today under Joe Biden. It doesn't matter what he says, Jack. It doesn't matter what press conference he does. You know, they discount him completely because they know the enemies, the axis of evil, believe America is a paper tiger. And that's exactly why China put their ships around Taiwan. That's exactly why Russia invaded Ukraine. That's exactly why Iran is poking and prodding at Israel using Hezbollah. Allah and Hamas, their proxy army. So it is, it, it is so sad, but that's reality. I, uh, I was thinking that, I, I mean, I agree with you about Biden. Everybody can see it. It is a sad but true comment, however, Brigitte, that in the Democratic Party, you could do a lot worse than Biden when it comes to Israel. Like some of the stuff he said in, in defense of Israel is not even... They're not, those are not even things other leading Democrats will stipulate to. And, and so there's a real, he may be the only thing holding them back from going all out Hamas in the Democratic Party. Look, he is the one who is holding Israel back. His whole visit, you know, I, I'm not sure if I shared this with you a few days ago. You know, he forced Israel to invite him. Blinken went there and met with the Israeli war cabinet for eight hours. And the reason why he was there in the war cabinet, not because to tell them oh, how strongly we are standing with you, he forced them. He said, we're not going to give you bunker buster bombs unless you allow us to give a humanitarian aid to Hamas. Unless you allow and open up the corridor for Hamas to get the humanitarian aids, we're not going to give you the bunker busters. Is, and he forced them to invite Biden, and Biden came to Israel. That's the only reason why Israel did not go into Gaza until now. Biden basically was the, the, the shield preventing Israel from going into, uh, into Gaza. And the reason why Israel couldn't do the invasion until they got the approval of getting the bunker Buster bombs is because Israel is going into Gaza to fight a war above ground and also underground. And the only way they can prevent casualties from 
their side as their mm. soldiers invade Gaza is by right. using the bunker buster bombs that are manufactured in America that they can only get from America. And Israel has not done manufacturing of these bombs in Israel because there's an agreement between Israel and the United States that if you get into war, we will supply you with whatever bombs you want. You can always count on America, and we make them here, and you order them. So Israel said, sure, no problem. So here we are at war. Israel is getting ready to go into Gaza, and they couldn't until they got the approval to get the bombs and the support from America only after they made Israel cave to give Hamas the $100 million in aid that the president announced and, and get the aids in. So that's why the invasion is delayed until overnight tonight into tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah, no, I had wondered about that. I think that makes good sense. Um, are you at all, um, Brigitte, are you at all convinced that the hospital reporting was a mistake or did these news organizations from the New York Times on down just take what they were given by, and I love this title, the Minister of Health for Hamas. I can't believe, <laughs> can't believe they have a Minister of Health, but okay. This is like Baghdad Bob, right? Uh, I mean, they, they took the photo, they took the body count, which was immediate. You never have an immediate casualty count within, you know, the, within the first hour of an attack. It takes a while. They, they took it all on faith from terrorists. How can that be an honest mistake? That's right, because people need to realize Hamas is the Palestinians in Gaza. Hamas is the Ministry of Health. Hamas is the Ministry of Media. Hamas is the Ministry of Defense. Hamas is the Ministry of Everything in Gaza. So even, even to inspect the U.N. trucks that, 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 that supposedly aid to enter Gaza, the U.N. inspectors are Hamas employees. I mean, yeah. you can't even make this stuff up. So, but what the media on our side does, because they are so extremely to the left, they are willing to believe a terrorist organization instead of believing the evidence provided by our intelligence as well as the Israeli intelligence. Look, I speak Arabic. I heard the recording that is the Israeli intelligence intercepted and released yeah. between two Palestinians speaking in Arabic with each other about how the rocket was misfired, and it wasn't an Israeli bomb right. that hit the hospital. It was one of their rockets. And even with that evidence, we have a member of Congress, Rashida Tlaib, who should be charged with treason, by the way, because her loyalty is to Palestine and not America, because why else would an American uh, member of Congress elected in America by Americans to serve America and America's interest would have a Palestinian flag in front of her office in the halls of Congress. She's not representing Palestine. She's supposed to represent America. But put that aside, even after the media came out, Rashida Tlaib stood outside uh, in a demonstration in Washington, D.C., talking about how it was an Israeli attack. The world is going on hysteria provided a propaganda by Hamas, a terrorist organization, instead of thinking rationally and yeah. doing their job by reporting the facts. Yeah, boy, that is, you said a mouthful right there. Uh, Brigitte Gabriel, Act for America, the new best selling book, Rise. Always appreciate you, Brigitte Gabriel. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, my friend. Great to be with you. Bye bye. We'll talk to you soon. Um, I want to play this for you. This was, um, this is a, TV station in San Francisco doing a report on high school students protesting the war. Well, they're not protesting the war. Uh, they're uh, 
they're they're having a pro Hamas. We must have a ceasefire in Gaza uh, protest. Um, I'm going to roll in and out of this a little bit, but listen to this. Cut number seven. This was a video shot by the student protesters from Galileo Academy in San Francisco. Students also marched through hallways at Balboa High School. Across the bay in Oakland, students left their class to show their support for the people in Gaza. Jose Martinez has more on today's protests. I'm here at Balboa High School, just one of many schools in San Francisco that participated in the first student walkout for Gaza. I spent some time talking to one of the students, and she has a lot to say. Students here at Baboa High School are taking a stance. We refuse to stay silent. This cycle of violence, violence must end. Many protesting on Wednesday in support of Palestine, demanding an immediate ceasefire. Palestine! Free, free Palestine! Behind this demonstration is Ishel, a 16-year-old junior at Balboa High School. Half Farsi and half Latina, she felt a deep connection to the ongoing conflict in Gaza. And All right, so you get the idea. Um, they, these, th- these, these kids are scary, okay? Because, now think about, think about yourself at that age. Did you, did you have a foreign policy when you were in high school? Did you have your own, like, foreign policy slate of positions in high school? Okay. And then... How much did you really know about the world? How much of the world had you really seen? Most of what you felt in high school was just that. It was what you felt, and it was impressions and peers and maybe things you saw in movies or popular culture. Not too many people in high school have, you know, traveled the world and met with its diverse citizenry and maybe been in uh, the most dire places. Like, how many people that are supporting... Palestine have ever gone there or, or would ever go there. Um, but they've seen something, right? Or they've heard something. But anyway, so these, these uh, kids are, are protesting. They're not, they're not saying we don't want to fight in a war. This isn't like the 60s. Don't send us to your war or we don't want any part of war. They say they're protesting violence, but they're saying Viva Palestina. Well, the Palestinians are the ones that attacked Israel, right? I mean, Hamas attacked Israel. So why aren't they protesting the attack? No, they're protesting the response to the attack. And this is where you get the, the radicalization we see on the college campuses. They're, they're arriving pre-radicalized from these high schools. This is a high school in San Francisco. Uh, there was a piece in the New York Post today by law students. The headline was, We Law Students Aren't Surprised. Campuses are so pro-Hamas. They write in part, these are two uh, women that wrote this piece, they write, admissions officers have prioritized demonstrations of activism from potential applicants uh, over grades. Make no mistake, student behavior should not be excused. It is repugnant and paints a frightening image of the future of the institutions in our country. But surely these statements exist, they write, because those making them felt confident their views would be accepted if not praised. So what they're saying is this kind of behavior is what kids get reinforced for. They get praised for. They think this is what their their elders want them to do because it's what their elders are telling them to do. Um, they're not being rebels. Okay, if you were if you were protesting the Vietnam War in the 60s, 
you were rebelling against the man, right? You were saying uh, down with the man, down with the military-industrial complex or the war machine or, you know, hey, hey, LBJ. These people are doing what they think their overlords want them to do, and they're probably not wrong about that. They're, they're doing the things their betters, their principals, their deans want them to do. And it's a big difference, and you got to understand it. 210-599-5555. We'll get an update on KTSA, Time Saver Traffic. All right, Jack Riccardi on KTSA. I've got all the Republicans mad at me. I, I told you, I, I say it on the show all the time. I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative, and I'm not a member of any party. And you, you ought to know that about me. But if you don't, I, I just, I'm, I'm just over this Republican fight for Speaker. You're, you're, you guys aren't making any sense to we, the American people. I've heard all the in, in, explanations and interpretations, and it's about appropriators, and it's, but it, really, it's just embarrassing. I'm glad I'm not a Republican right now. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want if I was. Known among like friends as a Republican, I would not want to have to explain or defend how this looks. And Democrats are laughing, and the, everybody's just laughing at them. Um, we, we the people, we would have been very happy with Jim Jordan as Speaker. So if if you're telling me he's not good enough, I don't know who you people are. This uh, piece in the Post by Jill Jacobson and Rachel Chu, they're law students. Really, it's a good thought piece. Um, uh, one of them goes to BC Law, and one of them goes to Georgetown Law. I don't know anything else about them, but they wrote this piece. They said, don't be surprised by what's happening with uh, the campuses being so pro-Hamas. They write, schools have, by their own design, become devoid of free inquiry and exchange, adopting instead a homogenous set of viewpoints, many of them extremely radical. Um, For years, admissions offices have deliberately prioritized passion for social justice and activism to their detriment. While community engagement is a worthwhile pursuit, at 17, zealous activism for any complex cause is too often accompanied by a lack of intellectual curiosity and misplaced confidence in one's point of view. That's a very eloquent way of saying what I said yesterday, which is you're full of beans. When you're 17 or 18, you're the most confident you're ever going to be, right? Which maybe isn't very confident, but you, you think you know a lot. You, you think you're ready to decide a lot of things. and judge, You judge your parents. You judge your family. You, you know. and, and, and the premise of higher education is the education part. So what's supposed to happen is you go there and you learn stuff you didn't know, Plus, you learn how to think about what's happening around you. And then you get together, you hang around and smoke cigarettes and drink and have coffee with your classmates. And that's where you hash out and hammer out and debate the issues of the day. So I'm not saying that at that age you shouldn't be interested in the world that you're about to enter. But you are also trying to equip yourself to to understand it. And Colleges have given up. That's hard work. You know, training critical thinkers is hard work. So they've turned into factories. And factories are not complicated. Factories just make stuff. Boom, boom, boom. They just punch it out on the assembly line, right? So they're just punching out these little social justice warriors. And um, the cycle repeats. So the way they acted in high school 
helps get them into college. These kids that marched out of the high schools in Frisco, now they will put that on their application when they apply to college, and the college will be like, oh, we're really interested in you because you let a walkout in favor of Hamas. So now you go to college, you think, well, this is the way I should act. These are the things I should continue to believe. You're not questioning them or testing them. You're thinking, well, this is what got me into Yale, right? And I I worry because we can laugh about it until we think about how when we're old and toothless, these people will be running everything and deciding whether or not we should get our pills. Uh, 210-599-5555. Cliff May is going to join us. He says he has a very simple solution for peace between Israel and Hamas. Wait till you hear this after the news on KTSA. 507 is our KTSA news time. We get the dish coming up next hour, so just an hour from now as we kick into the weekend. Um, but first, I got to tell you, I'm very excited to have uh, back with us. And it's been a minute since Clifford May was on our show. I, I, I said, Cliff, I said to our producer today, what, "Why haven't we had? Why haven't we had Cliff May on? I don't, I don't know. It's been a long time. We used to have you on frequently." Uh, but I'm so glad you came back today, President of Foundation for Defense of Democracies. I'm afraid the world has been uh, too calm for us. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I I just I'm, I welcome no you longer. back. I, you wrote a column that is just about the best thing I've read since October seventh, um, uh, which I, I want to get into a little bit uh, with you, called "How to Save Gazan Lives," yeah. Yeah. and. Your premise is, um, for all this pearl-clutching and hand-wringing on the left about the Palestinians and their plight, um, Hamas has it within their control to save lives and and end the peril that they may be in from the IDF. What would they need to do to, to save Gazan lives? Pronounce two words. We surrender. They should come out from underground, from the elaborate, expensive tunnels that have been constructed with the building materials that were sent in to build hospitals and schools. They should release the terror and release the the hostages that they've taken, bring them out with them, whichever ones or whoever is still alive among them, and say, we surrender. Let's let's discuss terms for peace. They wouldn't be immediately killed. They wouldn't be killed at all. The Israelis have executed no one except Adolf Eichmann in 1964, for goodness sake. They could say, we we, we started a war. That's obviously the case. It waged a terrorist war. It was full of atrocities, war crimes, terrible acts. I don't need to repeat them, but I think you and your listeners know. And they could say, okay, but we're overwhelmed now by IDF. We don't want the IDF to do any more destruction in Gaza. Not with that. We, 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 we realize they're coming just for us. The Israelis have said very clearly, anyone who doesn't want to fight us, move out from where our zone of military operations, where only, we only want to fight right. Hamas. That's what we want to do. You don't want to fight us, get out of the way. We're not coming after you. And all, has to, all Hamas has to do is say, okay, we surrender. Yeah. It's all over. It's all, there's no more danger for the people of Gaza. You cite as an example the uh, Japanese emperor in 1945 uh, surrendering, which was an extraordinary thing um, in in Japan's sort of history and code of conduct, but recognizing that it was just going to be 
slaughter of his people and and the same outcome anyway they weren't going to win um but as you as you go That's on right. to and, say and so he you, has he has go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry had, go ahead the, the emperor of japan the emperor of japan is something what was considered something of a deity i mean he'd be mm-hmm. beyond that but for the sake of his people he said i'm right. going to surrender and the americans didn't execute right. him keep in mind but somehow mohammed deep the military commander of hamas he is beneath his dignity to yeah. do what the emperor of Japan did. So it's very easy if you want to save Gaza and stop saying to the Israelis, don't do anything about the war that has been, is being waged against you. And that war continues. The, the, the missiles and rockets continue. And there is plenty of weapons in Gaza that can, will be used if, the, if and when the infantry comes in. But, if, but, but, but I've heard nobody, as you say, uh, on the far left, saying, okay, we want to save Gazans, we're going to ask Hamas to do something, say two words, we surrender. No, we're going to ask the Israelis to suck it up and stop fighting. You have a powerful line, Hamas has been ordering Gazans to stay put and get killed so their corpses can be used for public relations purposes. Um, They are, in fact, bottlenecking their civilian populations, right, into the place where this war is going to be fought. They are ensuring civilian casualties. Yes, indeed. So the Israelis know that in the north of Gaza, that's where most, not all, but most of the command and control centers, weapons factories, munitions warehouses, most of that is there. They have said to the people of Gaza, move to the south at the very least. You'll be out of our way. We don't want to fight you if you don't want to fight us. Better still would be to continue south and go across the border into Egypt, into the Sinai Desert. Lots of room there. There in the Sinai Desert, they should be given aid. And the reason to give them aid in Egypt rather than in Gaza is because we know from recent and long experience both that Hamas will steal the aid and is mm-hmm. stealing the, any aid that we mm-hmm. try to give or to, to, the, to innocent people. They'll take the fuel and they'll take it down to power the generators in their tunnels. Yeah. They'll steal it all. So we'd like to see them go to Egypt. Of course, the Egyptians are saying, we don't want any refugees from Gaza. We're not allowing any in. Our brothers, we, 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 we want them to stay put. It's only the Israelis who seem concerned for the people of Gaza. Talking with Clifford May, Foundation for Defense of Democracies on KTSA. So um, what, what was your takeaway from the Oval Office speech last night? So it was general. There was much that was I, I thought that was good in it. There were a couple of things that I that, that that disturbed me. One is that President Biden said that he would continue to hold the regime in Tehran accountable. We have we have not been holding the regime in Tehran at all. accountable. No. Not at all. We have, frankly, in this administration, we have enriched that regime with many billions of dollars. Everybody knows about the $6 billion, but there's much, much more than that, I could tell you. I could give you the figures, but essentially $4 billion in, exchange, in usable exchange reserves when President Biden came to office, at least well over $40 billion now. That money is used to support and arm and train Hamas and Hezbollah, the Houthi rebels in Yemen, and about 10 other terrorist groups. Plus, we have just allowed, we have, we, uh, sanctions have not been, been enforced. And right now, Iran can sell and buy missiles and other weapons because sanctions that prohibited that at the UN were allowed to lapse, to sunset. Um, so that hasn't happened. It's an, it, this, is a, this may be the most important point I can make. 
if you listen to President Biden's speech, you might thought, okay, if I thought, okay, we, we've got a kind of access of tyrannical regimes that we have to worry about, and one's in Beijing, and one's in Moscow, and one's in Gaza City. Gaza City? No, the third is in Tehran. <laughs> That's the axis of tyrannies, plus all their junior partners, such as the regime in North Korea, such as the regime in Caracas, in, in Cuba, Nicaragua. Um, we have Lebanon, which is a fully owned, essentially subsidiary, a colony of Tehran at this point, pretty close to it in Syria as well. Uh, Iran is very embedded and taking power in, in Iraq as well. And I could name a lot of countries mm. in, in, in Africa now that are essentially aligning now with this axis of tyrannies. I learned something I did not know from your column. It was fascinating to me that as recently as the 1940s, the term Palestinian uh, referred to Jews. Uh, and and yeah. this whole all the nomenclature of this is is uh, Orwellian and and shifty, um, and 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 let me ask you if I can a historic question that has been on my mind f- for days now. What what happened to? I'm old enough to remember when the American left were the ones that said never again. When they were the mm-hmm. keepers of the flame against anti-Semitism, they called it out. They warned us that if we if we didn't recognize it in its modern day form, we could repeat history. Uh, they were they were very staunch on this. They would take a back seat to no one. Today, Joe Biden is one of the most reasonable Democrats on Israel, which is not saying much, right? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> it's a very it's a very good question. And the phrase never again in particular meant never again to genocide. Now, there have been genocides since. Genocide means the entire destruction of a people, of a nation, right? And what you're, what you're hearing on our college campuses, I'm afraid, is not never again when it comes to Israel, but how about right now? Let's, mm. let, let us, let yeah. us do this. When people are yelling gas the Jews, we know what yeah. they're saying. Here's a, another point I, that, I, that I think people may miss. Vladimir Putin wants to subjugate the Ukrainians. He wants them to say, okay, we're Russian, we obey the Kremlin. Xi Jinping wants the people of Taiwan to say, he wants to subjugate them to have them say, okay, we're Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party rules us, we get that. Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran, not most Iranians, and Hamas and Hezbollah, they don't want to subjugate the people of Israel. What they want to do is eliminate them, to exterminate yeah. them. They want genocide. And they say, well, they're, they're colonialists. They're, they're none of the above. First of all, about 50% of the people of Israel, people know this, some people don't know, are Jews who have been pushed out, expelled from some places, such places as Baghdad, Cairo, Alexandria, Tripoli, all throughout the Middle East. They were, they were expelled from those countries, but they've never been out of the Middle East. 20% of the population of Israel are Muslims and Arabs. It's not easy to be a minority, but they are the only minority in the Middle East that votes, that has a free press. They, mm. Frankly, the, the Arabs of Israel have more rights than the Arabs of any Arab country. The Muslims yep. have more rights than the Muslims of any uh, country. So we've got 70% of the people are from that region. And the, the, those who came from Europe, yes, they were thrown out years ago by various foreign empires, but only foreign empires. Look, Judea was the land of the Jews. The Jews rebelled against the Roman Empire, and the, the rebellion was crushed, and so they renamed Judea, 
Palestine, not not for for any Arab people. It would be centuries before Arabs would invade. Before even before there was such a thing as Islam, they were naming them for uh, people of the who had, who had come from the the Greek Isles and inhabited the part of the coast of what was called Canaan. Goliath was the most important one of, 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 of who we're talking about. But I can't expect all your your entire audience know all this history. I'm disappointed that on our university campuses, if you ask these questions, if I ask these questions, they would know nothing because they've been indoctrinated in social justice. Yeah. They haven't been educated. Yeah. There was a great uh, piece in the New York Post by a couple of law students who really laid it out and said, look, you, the way you get into these schools is by your social justice cred. Mm. Uh, so if you've already demonstrated that you know everything, that's what the colleges are looking for. No surprise once you get there that you would continue to act like you know everything. It's a great, uh, Clifford May, a great column, How to Save Gazan Lives. You'll learn a lot from it. And I hope you'll come if back it's on again your web, with on us. Your website, put it there. I'm going to put it there. It. And, sure. and please okay. come back with us real soon. I'd love to have you back again. My pleasure. Thank you for being here today. Clifford May, president and founder of the Foundation for Defense of democracies on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. Uh, you can jump in at 210-599-5555 on KTSA. We're going to update KTSA Time Saver Traffic. I, I don't want to jump the gun on the holidays, but, I mean, no, don't put your tree up yet or your lights or anything. But, I mean, you can actually get flooring in, new flooring in, say, in the living room or the guest bedroom or whatever, before Christmas, you can do it with Green Carpet Company. You're, it's not too late, and they are in stock. And so they have a lot to choose from. And when you find what you like, carpet, wood, laminate, tile, luxury, vinyl plank, they have it in stock. Their estimates are free, so they'll come out and laser point the thing and boom, 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 make the measurements. You'll know what you need. And then they have people that can put down that flooring for you or help you do it yourself with Green Carpet Company. I-35 and Walsham on Four Winds Drive. Get out there and take a look at what they have. I-35 and Walsham next to Office Depot for Green Carpet Company. Israel at War. Stay connected to the latest. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 523 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Jack Riccardi Show. And you can get in on this at 210-599-5555 and vote in the JR poll that way or at KTSA.com. We've uh, launched our Rapping with Jack campaign for this year. Uh, we're getting uh, set for and building up to the big night. The big rapping party and broadcast will be Wednesday night, December 6th from 6 to 8. And this will be our second year at Blue Bonnet Palace, famous Blue Bonnet Palace out in Selma. So we'd love to have you come and be a part of that and hear Christmas music and rap presents and be with a bunch of cool people and just have a great time. But to get us to that event, to get us to where we will have those gifts to wrap, and by the way, these are gift items for each member of each family served by Family Service Association of San Antonio, a great uh, nonprofit organization. We need your help. And we are already starting to get donations at KTSA.com. You can give off of your credit or debit card right there. And that's probably the easiest way to, to help. Uh, and when you give that money, all of it will go to the purchasing of these gift items by Family Service Association. Okay, so that's one thing you can do. You can buy things um, on an Amazon list that is also linked at KTSA.com. And that way, if you want to pick things out, 
and they ship directly to family service associations. So it's like it's like when your nephew has a wish list, same concept. Or um, if you want to go shopping for these families, if you want to buy items that they need, like clothing and kitchen goods and household goods and and uh, you know toys for kids and stuff, you can see what's needed. A list at ktsa.com and then donate those items at our drop-off locations or bring them with you to Rappin' with Jack. And all of that is available. All that information, if you, if this is new to you, and I know some of you already know all of it, and thank you for bearing with me, but if just in case it's new to you, all that information is at ktsa.com. And Rappin' with Jack this year is presented by Quarter Moon, Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, along with Copenhagen Imports, Institute for Functional Health, and River City Oral Surgery. There is... Um, there's two sort of angles to this um, thing with Israel and Hamas, I think. There is what's going to happen over there. And, you know, lives are at stake. But there's also what's happening over here, because this is a window into, and it's not the first time we've seen it. I know this is not, you know, breaking news to you. But when when you watch the way different kinds of people are handling this and reacting to it. Um, it, it tells you a lot about the rot, okay, the, the, like the corrosion in our, uh, in our own infrastructure. And I don't mean bridges and highways. I mean like the raising of future generations of leaders and education and just sort of the culture. Uh, we, we shouldn't be struggling with what we're struggling with. There shouldn't be, um, on the other handing, in a case like this. And um, I guess what I think I take away from it more than anything is it's not enough to say, well, there's liberal bias in the media or there's liberal bias in schools. It's not just that. That would have been okay to say like 30 years ago or 40 years ago. You'd have been, you'd have been pretty much right on the money. What we have now is is really um, echoing. So high school kids walk out in support of Hamas. College students chant anti-Semitic chants. Um, you know, people um, are rooting for terrorists. 20 years ago, we were not rooting for terrorists. 20 years ago, we were singing God Bless America. The president had an 85% approval rating. We, we knew we needed to respond righteously and robustly to the people that had killed 3,000. That's just 20 years, well, I know, 22. But I mean, that's 20 years ago. That's a lot of rot. That's a lot of corrosion in a short amount of time. You need to know how fast this is happening, how fast this is changing. And I'm not saying it's it's all of us, because that's the other thing. We've got to guard against the whole squeaky wheel thing. I, I don't think every kid that goes to college is a pro-Hamas radical. I don't think everybody is. I, I, I realize we're we're mostly, our heads are screwed on straight. People get this. All the polling indicates. but But there's enough of it that's showing itself to us that we, we, we need to be worried about it. And we need to, we need to respond to it. So 
just as sort of Israel has to respond to having been attacked, and obviously we're deciding how we feel about that and what the United States should do about that, but but I, I think we have a problem here. I think we have our own crisis here with the the exposure of what is happening to our culture. And And this is where I found Biden's speech so dissonant and sort of disconnected. Because it was like he was talking to 1980s America. And that's not, that's not where we are anymore. And, and he and people like him and his political party and the movement that used him to get into power, that, that hid behind him like a Trojan horse to win that election, they are a big reason why you're not talking to the same America. And you're not, like you're, you're talking about we're going to stand with you and we will, he said we will always stand with you. No, we won't. If there's any, indi- if there's any indication in the young people you see on these college campuses, no, we won't. How are you going to militarily support Israel if young people on college campuses are rooting for the other side? You know, there may have been reluctance to go to war in the 1930s, but it wasn't pro-Nazi reluctance. There might have been reluctance to go to war in, uh, in Vietnam. There was. But there were still enough Americans who would go. You can't keep writing that check, Joe Biden, if you don't have anything in the account. If you're, if you're raising a group of people who don't think the stuff you're talking about is worth anything... Who exactly are you committing to this we'll stand with you forever thing? You know, it's just those are just empty words. The world can see that. The world can, if I can put this together, so can anybody, right? You know, there's a science fiction book. I forget who wrote it. It's a classic work. If you know sci-fi, you'll probably know it before I can remember it. But this guy wrote a book many years ago where he envisioned in the future uh, the elderly would be the soldiers, so in this future civilization, when they had a war, they would call up old people. I mean, the oldest people. And the rationale was, well, the, they can take the risks, and they don't have any. They're not going to live much longer anyway. So they'll they'll fight, and you're not wasting or uh, uh, you know squandering lives that haven't yet been lived and have, are full of potential and promise and the people are going to do things and invent things and build things. You don't want to kill them before they can even do it, so fight the war with the elderly. And he wrote this very tongue-in-cheek. He wasn't, he wasn't proposing that we should do this, but he wrote it as a sci-fi novel. And it made me think um, about how a civilization only works if it keeps um, raising people who get what it's about like you your your work is never done you have to keep explaining the founding of america and what the constitution and the and the declaration of independence really mean you have to keep educating and teaching about the virtues of the founding and and why america is a unique and noble experiment in the world no one's ever done what we tried to do and now have been doing for 250 years if you're not if you're not explaining that you are ensuring the extinction of that if you're not carrying forward to each generation intentionally and powerfully 
hey, this is important, this matters, you are so damn lucky to be here in this place, in this moment, compared to any place else in the world you could have been born. If you're not doing that, it won't just happen on its own. Like, people aren't just going to come to the realization naturally, oh, I'm proud to be an American. That's all training. You know, it's not slogans, it's not politicians, it's not beer commercials with the flag in it. It, it, You actually have to be very intentional about it. And the reason we don't know that is because we always have been until recently. So the work was always done, the, the training, if you will, and it was in our education and it was in our culture. We've been making Americans who get America, value America, are proud of America. We've just been doing that. That's our, that's our thing. We're not doing it. We're not doing it anymore. And we're going to run out of people who get that very soon. Very, very soon. And I'm not trying to turn back the clock and be an old-fashioned guy. I guess I am. I can't help it. But these are things we better recognize the value of before they're gone. Or else presidents giving speeches and committing to allies and promising will always be there for you. Those are just empty words. You You can't talk that way. You know, he was trying to give an FDR speech, but FDR was talking to an America that had been trained my, my dad was a high school student when World War II started, and he's, he's told me the story many times. He goes, we all knew how bad the, the Japanese and the Germans were. He, he used different words to them that are not politically correct anymore. But he said, we all knew. We all knew what this fight was about. We all knew why it was important. We hated those enemies. And he said, we didn't walk. We ran to, the, uh, you know, to sign up, and he joined the Navy. This is a guy that had never been out of his town, had never uh, you know, uh, been on a boat could barely swim, joined the Navy. Because they knew, because they'd been brought up. And so when their president of that time said, hey, this is important, we need to do he was talking to people that, that would get that. You can't just give the speech to the people we see walking out of high schools and chanting vile things on college campuses, right? I mean, that makes sense, right? 210-599-5555, an update on KTSA, Time Saver Traffic. On the northwest side, 30-minute delay in Loop 410 westbound at Callahan. An accident there has two right lanes blocked with stop traffic from West Avenue. An accident, two right lanes blocked, Highway 90 eastbound at Couples, 15-minute delay. This report is sponsored by Lowe's. Lowe's knows fall is the perfect time for outdoor projects. Right now, you can keep your yard looking its best and save. Take care of leaves with leaf blowers starting at just $89.98. Lowe's knows home improvement while supplies last. See store for details. I'm Debbie Sexton, KTSA Time Saver Travel. The 25th annual Rappin' with Jack. Rappin' with Jack needs your help, and there are three ways to give. Pick one or all three. Donate at KTSA.com. Buy from the Amazon wish list or shop and drop with our sponsor location. See Rappin' with Jack at KTSA.com for all the ways to help. And make sure you tell your KTSA non-listening friends about Family Service Association and Rappin' with Jack. Presented by Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC, and in part by River City Oral Surgery, Copenhagen Contemporary Furniture, and Institute for Functional Health. Do you know what I'm a sucker for? Me. I can talk myself into anything, or at least I used to. One of the most important lessons I've learned in my own life is to not rush through a decision. There are some decisions that need time for understanding their significance and implications for life. Carl Jung said that hurry is not of the devil, hurry is the devil. 
Well, I think the devil is more than that, but point well taken. When we rush, we usually create something we don't want. King Solomon has taught me a wonderful lesson in his book of Proverbs. He writes, a prudent person gives thought to their ways. Yes, and I would add that the bigger the decision, the more time you need to decide. So the next time you find yourself in a hurry to make a decision, ask yourself a simple question. Why am I rushing? Your life and the lives of the people around you are worth that little pause to consider your next move. This is Mark Absher, the MacArthur Park Church of Christ. Visit our church online at MacArthurChurch.org. The MacArthur Park Church of Christ, connecting God and people. Hello, this is Dr. Mark Haverkorn of River City Oral Surgery at 210-778-0002. Dental implants keep getting more popular and River City Oral Surgery has made dental implants affordable. Are you facing a large dental bill to fix several teeth? Do you have failed dental work? Are you tired of spending money to fix a tooth, spending more money to fix it again, then spending more money to remove the tooth? Do you wear a removable denture and you're tired of the hassle and the embarrassment? We can solve all these problems at 210-778-0002. I work with a team of three specialists for the big implant surgeries. Me, the board-certified oral surgeon, a prosthodontist, and a cardiac anesthesiologist. You get premier care for the lowest price around. Trust our experience. This is not beginner surgery and should be done by experts. Patients always say, I wish I had done this sooner. Look at our services and our prices at RiverCityOMS.com. Call for an appointment at 210-778-0002 for River City Oral Surgery and Dental Implants. If you like using debit over credit, shouldn't you also get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Smartphone or a smart speaker? Smart listener, when you stream us. Streaming radio now. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 538 on KTSA, the dish coming up. As we do on Fridays, we devote the last hour to uh, your calls about restaurants and all over San Antonio, all over South Texas. Can't wait for that. Uh, get in on that after 6. By the way, this show is available as a full-demand podcast. You can get uh, and listen on the weekends or at night or in the mornings. Uh, so anytime you want to take us with you, wherever and whenever, uh, go to KTSA.com and pull down the on-demand menu. And look for the Jack Riccardi Show or look for the Jack Riccardi Show in the other places you like to get your other podcasts. So live Monday through Friday from 4 to 7 or on demand uh, whenever. We got a lot of um, response yesterday to Sushi Girl. Um, If you missed it yesterday, this was a TikTok video that uh, this girl named Allison made. She's a uh, 25-year-old sushi restaurant server who is uh, making a TikTok on her way to work, a job she hates because she should be pulling down the big bucks in marketing. This is what it sounded like. Cut number eight. I have a bone to pick with America. So I'm headed to my serving job. I hate it. I hate it. Be why I make more money serving. I have my literal business marketing degree that put me in a cute... $80,000 in debt and I make more serving sushi rolls because I was a, I've been applying to marketing jobs for weeks now and weeks. The, the pay cut oh is insane insane but the jobs that are like a cute 150 to 200,000 a year I'm not getting those okay so I'm hold 20, on so she she her her thinking is 
she has been applying for weeks, <laughs> forever, uh, to jobs. It sounds like maybe she's actually been offered some of them, but they would pay less at the outset than the sushi job. And this is stumping her. She can't imagine why it is. Well, a, a lot of people pointed out to me in the emails, it's very obvious. She's been serving sushi for a while. She's mastered whatever skills that requires, like whatever her employer needs her to do, she's doing it. When you go to the marketing company, you're not going to be calling up Vogue magazine in your first week and um, arranging um, you know, a fashion show. You're going to have to get coffee and make copies and do clerical stuff and be a gopher and, you know, Devil Wears Prada and all that stuff. Because, because at the beginning, all you have is the degree. They don't, they don't have any other, they're not getting any other value from you. Like marketing is about who you know and connections and people taking your call. And Allison, they're not going to take your call the first week or maybe even the first year. You got to earn your, you know, your cred. So, of course, you're going to make less. But eventually, yes, you'll make more if you work at it and you stay with it. A lot of people uh, had really interesting takes on this. Some people were defending her. You know, some people were saying, you're being too hard on her. You're, you're being judgmental. You sound like an old guy. I, I am an old guy. <laughs> but I was also, I remember trying to get into my field. And I spent a lot more than weeks. And I accepted the fact that they would pay me minimum wage, and they did. I mean, you're on the radio. People think, oh, very glamorous. Minimum wage. Because I, I brought no value in the beginning. Some would argue I bring no value now. But anyway, um, the other thing, I, I, one lady wrote a really nice email. It's too long for me to read in, in Toto, but Ellen is her name. And she said, you know, I would suggest to Allison that she talk to whoever owns the sushi bar and find out if she can help them do some marketing. Like, do they have a social media person or do they have somebody that, um, you know, manages their messaging or re responds to their uh, Yelp reviews or things like that? In other words, sometimes you have to make your gig where you are. And like f for radio, you would no longer, in the old days, you'd apply to little radio stations in small towns and you would work your way up. But today you would probably start a radio job. I don't know why I'm telling you this because I don't want you to start one, but... Um, <laughs> You'd probably start a radio career today with a podcast. So you would be your own boss. You would put yourself on the air. You would start your your journey with you know your own uh, kind of platform. And this is the thing that I don't think they understand. Um, she's asking somebody to hire her and pay her now what she might eventually be worth. The way to get there is to start building your value right now. Serve the sushi. See if you can do some freelance marketing for the the employer would be the perfect place to start. I, I, I will bet you anything. They don't have somebody. If she offers to do it, they'll be glad to have that. That will build up a portfolio. That will show what you can do. Then, then when you go, she complains elsewhere in the video that they tell her she doesn't have any experience. Well, get somewhere you are. Do you remember? Um, so thank you for all the emails. They were great. People had a lot of good takes. I wish I knew how to contact her because to tell you the truth, 
I think we could help her. I think you could help her. You remember Jerome Adams? Does that name ring a bell? You know who that is? I'm not. This is not a trivia contest. Sound familiar? I'll give you a hint. Um, COVID nineteen. Jerome Adams was the sec- was the Surgeon General under President Trump, and um, he has become, in my opinion, insufferable on COVID. He he can't he can't let go. He retweeted um, a woman named Elisa Valdez Rodriguez who wrote a tweet, one of my friends ignored my pleas to stop being reckless about getting COVID over and over. I've had it and I was fine, she said. And then she writes, she got it a fourth time in September and is surprised how bad it has been. She's not getting better three months later. Three months in September? I don't know. Anyway, and she's asking for advice now. So this is Elisa outing her friend with COVID. And Jerome Adams retweeted this and wrote, I've come across this story countless times. Public health officials made several mistakes during the pandemic, which understandably left people frustrated. Yet the most damaging misconception being spread is that recovering from COVID-19 means you're good. Unfortunately, you're far from good. Keep gambling and eventually you crap out, he writes. And he got taken down hard in the comments. Uh, A guy named uh, David McCune is an MD. This is a completely unscientific statement. You don't crap out from cold viruses. You tend to get less and less ill as your uh, memory immune system is prepared. And then Jerome Adams tries to come back at this guy and say, I don't know where you studied to be a physician. But what I thought was so interesting, this, this Jerome Adams says something and then kind of glosses over it. He says, public health officials made several mistakes during the pandemic. Well, actually, public health officials lied during the pandemic. I mean, some of the mistakes were things they assumed or exaggerated or based on faulty models or had no science for, like six feet and masks. It's very generous to refer to those things as mistakes. That's sort of like the New York Times mistake on the hospital, right? But he says, public health officials made several mistakes during the pandemic, which understandably left people frustrated. I I, I don't think people are just frustrated, Dr. Jerome. People are PO'd at you and people like you. And we don't trust you. And this is what I meant when I said there's never been reckoning for the Jerome Adams and the Dr. Burks and the Anthony Fauci's. And they're, they're still out there moralizing and wagging their fingers at us, arguing with people about COVID, and then wondering why we won't listen to them or heed them or obey them. And I think people have, and I think this is actually pretty encouraging, I think people have kind of found, if you, if you look at like where we're at on COVID right now, we've kind of found an equilibrium. It's not that people are being reckless and just licking doorknobs, but people are now going about their business. They're taking precautions if they think they need to or they feel like they should, but we're going about our lives. We're, we're getting COVID, and I'll bet a lot of the time we don't even know we have it. You think you have a cold. 
People are now managing their level of risk based on who they are, not proclamations from on high. This is actually like the, the marketization of or the market economics of dealing with it. So we've learned how to put it in its place. And the Jerome Adams of the world had a couple of years to lord it over us, and they failed. And they can't get over that we won't listen. They're still mad about it. They're still butthurt about it. And it's almost like this this lady that keeps getting COVID that they're talking about, it's like they're kind of enjoying her plight, right? Like, well, serves her right. She should listen to us, you know. Who'd want a doctor like that? Who'd want to go to a doctor that was like, yeah, I, I warned you about that cholesterol, Jack. See, now you've had a heart attack. I mean, can you imagine? But that's, that's the way they come across. I hope he keeps tweeting. We need to see. Uh, let these people show us who they really are. 549 on 550 and 107.1 KTSA 210-599-5555. We get a look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. All right, we got the dish coming up. We're talking restaurants after six. Speaking of doctors, I got to tell you what happened this week. I had a doctor's appointment on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. It was a follow-up. So I had gone in six weeks ago, had some stuff checked. Nothing major, nothing serious. Had some stuff checked out, and this was the, let's see how you're doing. So I go in there, and does this ever happen to you? You, you? They put you in one of those rooms. And you wait for the doctor. And then um, sometimes it seems like they never come. And you start to wonder, because the door's closed, right? There's no windows. It, do they do they know I'm here? Do they forget that they put me in here? You know, I mean, it's like they have other people. And they're always seeing, like, multiple patients at the same time. I don't know how that's possible, but they do it. So anyway, I saw my doctor, and then he was like, I got to go... Uh, Check something, and I'll come back in a few minutes. And he never comes back. So we'd had the appointment. I'm trying to explain what I did here so you'll understand why I did it. It wasn't that I didn't see him or he didn't talk to me or he didn't ask me questions. We we had like 95% of whatever was supposed to happen. But whatever the remaining thing was, he just he never came back. And I'd already been there. I'd already been there like over an hour. And now I'm like waiting another 15 or 20 minutes. He's not coming back. I open the door. I look out. I don't see anybody. You'd think seeing a patient, like looking out the door, would clue somebody in, right? One of the staffers. Like, hey, that guy is, you know, trying to get our attention. Nope, nothing. They would not make eye contact. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I, I think I'm just going to leave. And I did. I just, I, I had already paid because you pay the copay on the way in now, right? They get you before you, right? <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't walking the, walking the check. I said, I'm just going to leave. So I went to the desk. I made my next appointment. They want to see me in three months. And I left. And all I could think of was I've now become that guy. Cause this is how my dad was. As he got older, he had no patience and you made him wait. He would walk out. He'd leave. I, I, I mean, he'd, He'd walk out of anything. He, he, he would leave church if it, if it took too long, you know? I mean, if it just went on too long, he would just leave. And, and, I, and then I thought of, of uh, Maury Seinfeld. You remember the, remember the Seinfeld episode where he's at the doctor and they, 
they leave him in the exam room. I have become this guy, cut number four. Hey, you got my name? You got my address. That's enough. Julie, you want to take him back? All right. All right, let's go already! <laughs> they keep you in here a year. They don't give a damn. I could die in here. Excuse me! Excuse me, what's going on? I'm here 20 minutes. Can somebody please help me? Shh! Quiet, everyone can hear you. 20 minutes, I've been waiting 20 minutes. Well, the doctor must be busy. Well, then what do they make appointments for if they can't keep mm. them? <laughs> If I did that in my business, I wouldn't have made a nickel. What happens? Like, can somebody, you know what I want to know? Where do they go? Like, where do they go? Well, is there a room? I, I've always wondered this. Like, where, where do they disappear to? Is it, is, it, is it really another patient? Like, oh, yeah, we're just bouncing from room to room. We're just trying to keep everybody happy. Are you overscheduled? Is that what it is? Because I would understand that if that's the case. But I wonder, is there is there like a fun place that you go to? And like all of a sudden, they'd all disappeared. I just wonder, where was there a very high um, maintenance patient that everyone needed to be in the room for? Or I'll, I'll always wonder that. When they leave you in those exam rooms, that's like the most alone you're ever going to be in your life. You'll never be left alone like you're left alone at the doctor's office. I would love to know where they go. We've got the dish coming up. Your vote's in the JR poll. Tom will run down all the news for us next year on KTSA. All right, we are certainly keeping an eye on everything tonight uh, going on in the world. We won't miss any uh, won't miss any breaking news, but it has always been a thing on our show. Not always, but for years and years and years. Um, on Friday nights, last hour of the last show of the week, as we kick into the weekend, uh, we call it the dish. And it's all about restaurants. It's not restaurant reviews or reviewers. It's just like the way people talk to each other about a place they found or tried or like. The way you would tell your friend or your family, hey, you got to try this place. Or I, I went there for lunch. I want to take you back there sometime for dinner. Uh, so we're talking restaurants in San Antonio, in South Texas, uh, anywhere from Austin down to Corpus and points in between. You can talk about any kind of restaurant. You can talk about any meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast tacos, drive-through, snacks, whatever. It can be any price. It can be a chain restaurant. It can be a hole in the wall. It can be a fancy special occasion splurge kind of uh, place. Anything like that on the dish, you call 210-599-5555. You praise or you zing that restaurant. And all we ask when you call in is please have the complete, correct name of the restaurant you're calling about. That's it. So we're talking restaurants. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. And, you know, by all means, be specific. If there's something really good, like the best thing on the menu or the thing they're known for or your favorite item, let's let's hear about that. And And if it went off the rails, if it was just crazy, what went wrong, what happened, want to hear about that too, praise or zing. At 210 599 
55. Along the way, we're going to get your remaining votes in the JR poll. We'll have results on the poll coming up right before uh, 7 o'clock tonight. We'll also talk about how a TV commercial that's everywhere has generated a song that's kind of becoming a hit. And a lot of people really love it. In fact, it's it's kind of made a star of the singer. This is a commercial. Other people not so crazy about it say that it's an earworm. It gets stuck in your head. I will warn you it does. Uh, but we'll tell you the story behind that commercial song coming up this hour here on KTSA. Uh, we're talking restaurants on the dish, though, 210-599-5555. Um, we'll get you in here. We're going to start with... Our good friend Gennaro on a Friday night. What would a Friday night be without Gennaro? How's it going? <laughs> how you doing, Jack? <laughs> the question, oh, man, Gennaro, is how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I love the show, All right. man. Um, there is a rest. Uh, there is a bur- burger joint here in San Antonio. Um, it's called TJ's Burgers, and it's off Laredo Highway, and I believe. South Cross, but yes. I'm not sure. I, uh, the thing is, it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, it's been there for years, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do a quick story, and I've been wanting to do it for years. Um, one night, me and my Uncle John, it was raining, and it was cold, and it was the disco days, and he had four daughters that were getting ready to go out dancing, so we went out to TJ's. And um, he ordered just, he, he had an order already, a standing order. And I'm over here like a stupid little kid. Hey, uh, Uncle John, can I, can I get it without mustard? Can I get it without mustard? Anyway, we get back, and, and he tells me, just scrape it off. We get back. <laughs> and uh, we get back to the house, and the girls are eating the burgers. They're getting ready to go out disco. He had uh-huh. four daughters. So uh-huh. anyway... And uh, they tell me, scrape it off. And so anyway, I ate a TJ's burger with mustard. Okay. Boom, man. I fell in love. With mustard? With TJ's burgers. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that you suddenly discovered you like mustard. Uh, yes, I did too at the same time. <laughs> wow. Oh, how it's all part of growing up. It's all part of growing up, Gennaro. That's how you know you're a man when you can handle mustard. That's what when you go from being a boy to being a man, you can you can eat the mustard. Oh, man. but but the thing was that nobody was listening to me. Everybody kept telling me, "Hey, man, scrape yeah. it off, scrape yeah. it off." Well, that's yeah. It was it wasn't my world. I understand. No. It, it had to be a while ago if you were going out to a disco. I mean that sounds like it sounds like you've been going to TJ's for a long time. If you go back no, to the no, disco the girls era, girls were going out to a disco. I was a little right. kid. I would stay home and watch TV. But I mean, it was it, if they were going out to a disco, that was a while back, right? Oh, I mean, you was, haven't been a Gennaro. You haven't been a little kid in a while this either. Was, this was in '77. Okay, well that's what I'm saying. It goes back a while. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I know, I know. When you get to be our age, 1977 was like five years ago. I know, I understand. Anyway, but all right, TJ's, Gennaro with a call TJ's praising around, TJ's man. Burgers. It's uh, 2323 
West South Cross praise for TJ's burgers. We had a call on TJ's um, June of 2021. Uh, last time we had a call, people love it. A lot of people, when they call about TJ's, talk about having been going there like we had a, a person call and say they've been going there over 40 years. It has been there a long time on West South Cross. Uh, 210-599-5555 on the dish, praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience. Jim is on the dish. Happy Friday night, Jim. Happy Friday to you too, sir. How are you? I'm good. What's up? What's good? Hey, man. Can I can I praise two restaurants? Uh, only because it's you, Jim. If it was anybody else, I'd say no. <laughs> You're all right. I don't care what anybody says. Hey, okay, two different Mexican restaurants, two different reasons. One, okay. Norma's Place Mexican Restaurant in Adkins on 87. Great dinner, great service. Nice little, call it a hole in the wall, if you will. Uh, it always stays busy. A lot of people there. Okay. Great food. I, I, was, I go there for dinner often. I'm originally okay. from Corpus and recently moved here to this area in August. And uh, Norma's is great. Breakfast tacos, breakfast uh, plates. Henry's Mexican restaurant in Mercedes. Hmm. Excellent, okay. excellent tacos and breakfast food. Now the Normas and Atkins is on is on Highway eighty seven, right? That is that is correct. Eleven thousand okay. uh, four twenty US eighty seven. Okay, and where is the other one, Henry's? Where is that again? In uh, uh, Mercedes. Okay. Is it on a uh, is it on a main road or? It's on Farmer Market thirteen forty six and fifteen sixteen, right at the intersection. All right. So, do you do a lot of driving? Is that how you find these places? Well, Henry's is on my way to work. That's okay. how I know about it. All right. So I'll call ahead. You can call ahead. They'll they'll have it ready for you when they get there. Go in, pick up, pay, go. Great people. Very uh, good. Yeah. And uh, Norma's, they've come to know me real quick and uh, know what I like. They've told me about um, things that aren't on the menu exactly that are still available. So, yeah. Both, okay. I, I'll put them parallel with each other. Very good. All right. We... We bent the rule for Jim. He could raise two restaurants. Thank you, Jim. You having a good weekend, a good night, and a good weekend. Thank you for calling the dish. Uh, 210-599-5555 to praise or zing. And it can be a restaurant we have had calls on before. Don't, don't hesitate if somebody's already called your place in or you heard somebody a few weeks ago. We still want to hear your call. Uh, but sometimes it's a place we have not heard before. 210-599-5555. Philip is on the dish. Philip, happy Friday night. Hey, Jack, how you doing? It's Philip from Floresville. Good to have you, sir. How you, How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thank you. What I is up? To, uh, well, um, my wife took me out a week ago for my birthday to a new restaurant in Macquarie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Seasons 52. And mm-hmm. I've got to tell you, it was excellent. It was excellent. Being a stiff-ass Brit, I'm very fussy about lamb. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I'm glad you said that about yourself, so I didn't have to say it. But uh, what, isn't isn't Seasons 52 the place where the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the place where a lot of the menu is like um, the reduced calorie? Yeah, like they, they tell you that things are under 600 calories or stuff like that, right? Yeah, I don't do calories, so... It just, as long you didn't as care. Good, okay. I don't put it, I, gotcha. But, but I got to tell you, the, the lamb was the best I've had, I think, since I've been here in San Antonio. It wow. Really good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, is it a big it place great. or a small place? What is it like? It's a big place, uh, plenty of room, got a great bar which you can eat at or you can dine in their, uh, at their tables. But we liked the bar so much, we sat at the bar and ate, and it was really good. And it was. I would, when you look at it from the outside, I would expect people to have spent 150, maybe even 200 bucks. It mm-hmm. was 88 dollars. It was it was extremely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I've heard a lot about that place, but I haven't been there yet. Uh, it's over in the quarry, seasons 52. And you said try the lamb, huh? Absolutely, it was excellent. All right. Well, it's always good to have a stiff-ass Brit on a Friday night. I say. <laughs> actually, actually, I've never said that. But, Philip, it's good to hear from you, sir. Thanks for calling our show. Thanks for being on The Dish. That's our first call uh, on The Dish for Seasons 52, 255 East Bassey in the quarry. Praise from Philip. We'll get to more calls on The Dish coming up. Grab a line, 210-599-5555 on KTSA. Now, if you have a car that you want to sell, you should do that sooner rather than later. All the indications are that used car values are trending downward. So waiting just means settling for less money. And you can sell it quickly, no matter how busy you are, no matter how much you've dreaded doing this, you're going to love how easy it is and how easy it is to get paid at GiveMeTheVin.com. GiveMeTheVin.com has become America's favorite car buyer, and it's all they do. They they don't have dealerships or showrooms. They're not going to try to trade or sell you a new car. All they do is bid on Vehicles people want to move on from. So whether it's a personal use car, truck, SUV, whether it's a company vehicle, maybe you're downsizing your fleet, maybe you're taking a break from the RV lifestyle or whatever you're selling, maybe it's a collectible that you just don't have time to work on or uh, take to the shows anymore, you want to move out of that thing, uh, just post the VIN number, a few photos, and give me the VIN.com makes a bid. And when you accept their bid, you're done. They will bring you the check and take the vehicle from wherever it is parked. So go to GiveMeTheVin.com. Six twenty-two KTSA, and it's the dish. We're talking restaurants right now on a Friday. You can jump in and praise or zing a recent restaurant experience at two ten five nine nine. 5555. And uh, Mike is next on the radio on KTSA. Happy Friday night, Mike. Well, happy Friday, Red Friday to you, uh, Jack. Uh, I, ha- I-, I can't say enough good about Ernesto's restaurant. It's uh, Mexican specialties and seafood selections, mm-hmm. green cerveza, uh, snapper vera cruz. It's very European. Mm hmm. Uh, has a full bar. The owner is very personable. Uh, my wife and I had two of our grandsons with us 
17 and uh, uh, 15 with us, and they were impressed like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Linen, linen tablecloths, flowers on the table. The owner comes around and yep. uh, takes care of you. Uh, it's a really I unique place. Yeah, it really is. You're you're right about that. I don't think there's any other place like Ernesto's, and I'm glad to hear that he still comes around. I I uh, I think that's half the 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 you know the experience of it. In fact, he sometimes he'll even say to people, "If you trust me, I'll I'll just make you something. You don't have to. You don't even have to order. You know, he'll just well, that he'll just surprise you." My, yeah, that happened with us. My wife asked for uh, see if they had uh, Irish coffee. Which is has mm-hmm. whipped cream on top of it, and uh, I think rum or something in it. And he mm-hmm. says, "Well, let me see what I can do." And he went back in the kitchen. He came back with a perfect Irish coffee. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, the guy comes around. This was back in February when we were there. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, they're located over on uh, twenty-five fifty-nine Jackson Keller, just uh, one block off of. Uh, uh, Vance Jackson. Yeah. And it's a little bitty small place way back in the corner. Mm-hmm. And I just can't say enough about him. He was so personal. Yeah. Came to our table, introduced himself. and. Uh, uh, I'm really anyway. glad you called about it, Mike, because we actually have not had a call on Ernesto's in seven years. And it's been around. I think he opened for Hemisphere. Uh, I think he told me one time he opened the restaurant for hemisphere so he he's been there like 55 years and uh oh my god yeah yeah it's an it, it, it's a really unique restaurant story there's nothing else like it in San Antonio like Ernesto's so really great that you called tonight Mike and I'm glad you had a good good experience there praise for Ernesto's 2559 Jackson Keller it's it's not in a place you would expect to find a restaurant it's not like one of those areas that has a lot of them like the gentleman that called about Seasons 52, you know, you expect a lot of restaurants around the quarry. This is this is just a different kind of thing and um, been going its own way, doing its own thing. It's known for its Mexican seafood and other things. And yeah, very cool. 210-599-5555. Bryce is on the dish on KTSA. Hi, Bryce. Hey, how's it going? It's going. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Just stuck in traffic as usual. Ooh. Well, this is what we're here for, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So I'm uh, talking about Sandra's Cantina. It's up there, Canyon Lake Spring Branch area. You ever heard of it? I don't think I have. No, tell me about it. It is a Mexican restaurant that I've been going to for a little over 10 years. And let me tell you, they haven't changed. You see a lot of places uh, changing up the menu and uh cheaping out on some things over the years, but they've, they've never changed. It's always been good. Uh, it's a, a nice place. They put their money back into the restaurant, so it gets nicer every year. Uh, it's right next to the machine shop that I use, so that's a plus. But, uh, man, the street tacos there, they've got, uh, they've got a sign there that says, Texas Worst Margaritas, and let me tell you, they are the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, and uh, yes. it's just a really good place. I, I believe uh, Sandra, and it's named after her, it's her cantina. Um, I believe she's Colombian, and hopefully she doesn't come find me if I'm wrong. But, um, man, uh, it's good food. It's just it's always excellent. I'm looking at it here online if this is the right place. Is it on, is it on 281 in Spring Branch? Yes, it's on, it's on 281 going north uh, next to a place called Hill Country Performance and Machine, and 
it's good to drop some stuff off at the shop over there and then hit that place for lunch dinner it's like i said it's always great that's cool is it a big place or a small place what's it like inside it's a it's a smaller place it's got a bar it's probably got like maybe 40 tables total including the uh, the outside patio they have a a smaller little play area for the kids um and they have uh well you know i haven't seen it in a while but um they have they used to have live bands i don't know if they're still doing it on the, the weekends and stuff but they have a stage set up there too so uh you can go out there for a little entertainment and, and eat some good mexican food all right very good sounds great bryce thanks for the call have a good weekend sir appreciate you hope you get out of traffic soon and thanks for hanging out in traffic with us in the meantime. Praise for Sandra's Cantina and Grill. It's Sandra's Cantina and Grill, 13,100 US 281. So 13100, Highway 281, Spring Branch, first time call on the dish. Sounds like a great little place. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. If you're following the American League Championship Series, between the Rangers and the Astros. Um, KSAT had a cool story about a kid that was um, dressed up like a giant banana and was behind home plate in the crowd last night, distracting Astros pitchers as much as possible. It turns out he's a middle school student from San Antonio named Christian Sands. He's 13. And... um, he found the costume, the giant banana costume, at a Spirit Halloween store and decided, I'm going to wear this to the Rangers game and try to distract the Astros pitchers. And so he became a thing on national television, this giant banana uh, jumping up and down um, whenever the Astros were pitching. And then he said when the Rangers were on the mound, he would take off part of the costume and sit still because he said, why would I want to distract my own pitcher? See, I love that. I lo- that's, that's a very mature outlook. I do like that. Um, it, didn't, uh, it didn't help. <laughs> well, maybe it helped, but it didn't affect the outcome anyway. Uh, that was a cool story. So good for you. We all have to do our part. Um, we're going to continue to take your calls on the dish. Um, we've got a story about a commercial I know you've seen, and people either love it or hate it, but we're going to find out what's going on with it. And, of course, we'll have results on tonight's JR poll powered by River City Oral Surgery. All of that is coming up, and another look at the ride home with KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Ask your smart speaker to play us. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. A question I get a lot these days. Hey, when is Rampin' with Jack and where is it? And I can tell you it's Wednesday night, December 6th from 6 to 8 p.m. We'll be out at Blue Bonnet Palace in Selma. Rampin' Presence 
listening to great Christmas music and having a wonderful time in support of Family Service Association. Hope you'll join us for that and be a part of it and donate. And you can find all the details at KTSA.com. Right now on the homepage, you'll find all the details about Rapping with Jack. Uh, let's check out the Jack Chat line, which is always open for you, whether you're listening to us live or to the podcast. You can leave uh, a recorded uh, comment about anything at 210-599-5550. Here's what we have right now in the Jack Chat line. Jack, this is a stub on the phone line. I'm tired of talk about Ukraine and Israel when the U.S. can really hurt Iran and Russia by drilling and producing a whole heck of a lot more oil than it is and grab them by the mm. balls and stomp them in the face. Mm. And Biden won't talk about it. Domestic mm. energy production, send the price of oil down the crapper and let Putin sing a different tune and let yeah. the Iranians sing soprano. Yeah. Bye. I like it. Good point. Never going to happen with this president, but yeah, he's right. Next up on the Jack Chat line. Hi, Jack. This is Jim from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Regarding the, uh, the, the strike on the hospital the, in, in Gaza, calling it a mistake by uh, a misfired rocket by Hamas or Hezbollah, I don't even think it was a misfired by them. I think they did it on purpose because they don't care about the people. They mm. just want to move their cause. And if they can make people think that Israel did it, then that's their objective. That's all. Thank you. Yeah. We were talking to Cliff May from FDD uh, last hour about that, that basically the the Hamas leadership is positioning people in that stretch of land to be casualties, that 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 is their plan. They're not trying to minimize the deaths and injuries to their own people they're they're planning on maximizing and photographing and propagandizing it so it's a good point jim thank you all right let's check one more on the jack chat line uh, this is virginia from batesville and i just want to tell compliment uh your station on uh last friday i believe it was friday when you had that uh thing to collect the money for the Jimenez thanksgiving mm. dinner and uh you were good, and uh, Ken Slavin and uh, Trey Ware and, and uh, Martin Bombald did well, and that I like the sports guys, and of course Sean, and and uh, I was glad to hear Elizabeth Ruiz uh, again. She's always been a real nice person. Anyway, I enjoyed it, and I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, we, that was a... You know what I always think about when we do that? I mean, it's, it's a good cause, and we're excited to raise the money for the Jimenez, but I also, I, I always am amazed, and I, I mean, I work here, and I work with everybody here, but it is, when we get everybody in in one room, you know, we're not we're never all in one place like that. It's the only time of year that all the talent from all of our stations is together, and it's a lot of really talented people. It's an amazing collection of, of people. So thank you for uh, donating and listening to that last Friday. Uh, we're still taking your calls on the dish uh, this half hour, 210-599-5555. Um, I- I'm pretty sure you have heard this by now, but it's it's a television commercial about a diabetes drug th- where it was supposed to promote the drug, but it has in turn created a hit song. People are now saying they love this 
song uh, for Jardians. Listen to this, cut number three. I have type 2 diabetes, but I manage it well. It's a little pill with a big story to tell. I take one daily Jardians. Seven in your body to flush out some sugar. And for adults with type 2 diabetes and known heart disease, Jardians can lower the risk of cardiovascular death too. Jardians may cause serious side effects including ketoacidosis that may be fatal, dehydration that can lead to sudden worsening of kidney function, and genital yeast or urinary tract infections. A rare life-threatening bacterial infection in the skin of the perineum could occur. Stop taking Jardians and call your doctor right away if you have symptoms of this infection, ketoacidosis, or an allergic reaction. And don't take it if you're on dialysis. Taking Jardians with a sulfonylurea or insulin may cause low blood sugar. So what's happened is you cannot get away from this commercial, right? If you watch football or baseball, it's everywhere. And um, it has run the gamut of reactions. Uh, One fan tweeted, the Jardians commercial makes me want to lower my A1C, and I don't even know what that is. Um, Other people are saying they love this singer, and, um, you know, uh, uh, they're doing profiles on her. I read a profile about her in the Washington Post. Her name is Deanna Cologne. And she came to fame on America's Got Talent. She sang on America's Got Talent. She was she was um, raised in Arlington, Massachusetts, which is not too far from where I grew up. Um, and she worked in her family's restaurant. Her family owned an Italian restaurant. And she studied music, and she wanted to be a singer, and she tried to get into Broadway. You can tell by her voice. She's got that big presence, that big voice. You know, she has that Broadway voice. Anyway, she couldn't quite make it. Um, and she's been trying for decades to make it, like 20-plus years. She moved to L.A. for a while. She tried Vegas. So it's quite a story. Um, anyway, she got cast in this commercial. Um She'd been auditioning for anything and everything she could get, and you would not think that a diabetes drug commercial would be your, like that wouldn't be your your make or break moment. What that's that's done it. Uh, and she says, "Here I am now at fifty years old, and I feel like I'm just getting started." And I got to say, um, I've kind of gone from being annoyed by it to kind of kind of liking it. Like, at first I was annoyed by it because it does. It gets stuck in your head. Like, it's probably stuck in your head now. I'm sorry. But um, she is <laughs> now apparently getting, she has a huge social following now. Uh, people ask her for dating advice. Uh, she's an advocate for canine adoption. She's battling the trolls. She says she does have a lot of haters uh, who make fun of her. Um she does get hit on a lot. She's married, so you can forget about that. I looked into it. Um, she makes personalized videos. If you want one of those cameo videos, you know, they're very popular where celebrities will record like a, a birthday greeting for your friend or something. She does those, 25 bucks. And, um, yeah, she kind of made it in the, in the... And this commercial now has entered the kind of the territory of like, I want my baby back ribs and... 
Break Me Off a Piece of That Kit Kat Bar. It's become an instant classic. People are requesting the song. So the Jardians commercials are a hit. And um, it's kind of cool that you have the Massachusetts connection. I didn't know that. but uh, And there are people who hate them. You know, I get it. I mean, there are people that have analyzed the commercial, like what's really going on? Why is the whole town doing a musical number about diabetes? And why is the mailman telling me about prescription medication? But if you think about it, it, this commercial is really no stranger or weirder than all the other pharmaceutical commercials that are out there. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, whether you like it or not, whether you like Cialis commercials with the bathtubs or... I I always notice, like, as I get older, I'm starting to pay a little more attention to these commercials. And, And I always notice, like, the people in these commercials, they have some condition, right? They have uh, macular degeneration, they have diabetes, they have hypertension. But have you ever noticed they're, they're living better lives than we are? Like they're, they're perpetually on vacation. They're around cool people. They're going up in hot air balloons. They're playing pickleball. They're, on, they're, they're traveling Europe. They're, they're, they've met the love of their life. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on these drugs? I mean, sign me up. What do I need to, what do I need to have? I want this life. And um, this is interesting. I did not know this till recently. Did you know that the United States is one of only two countries that allows the direct marketing of pharmaceuticals to the public? Because all these commercials say what? What are the what are the three most famous words? Every commercial says it. Ask your doctor. And by the way, the other country is New Zealand. If you're ever asked. It does seem like, I mean, I'm all for free speech and stuff, but it does seem like it's kind of bass-ackwards that you would market pharma to people. Like, I should not be asking my doctor for pills. Like, I should only go to the doctor if I feel there's something wrong. The doctor should be the one to determine whether or not I need Jardians or whatever it is, right? Like, it, it just, it's very backwards that we would go to but but it works i mean i I have friends in the business i I have friends that have been pharmaceutical sales reps i have friends in medicine and they they will tell you if it's a very effective commercial and the jardians one apparently is um people really do ask their doctor so that's the story that's the jardians lady do you like it or hate it do you have an opinion about it I, i i i now am a fan i will admit i like her I like the way she sounds. Um, I could do without the dance number, but I'm just not into that. But she has a great voice, great personality. She makes you want to have diabetes, or better yet, she makes you want to deal with your diabetes. So, 210-599-5555. We've got the dish. We've got the poll results. We've got one more look at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. If you don't have um, maybe a kitchen that suits your lifestyle, like maybe you love to cook, but your kitchen's a little cramped, doesn't have a lot of counter space. If you've always wanted and envied those island kitchens, you know, and maybe thought, well, my house doesn't have that or the kitchen, the shape of our kitchen really isn't laid out for that. Before you give up on it, before you dismiss that as just something that's not meant for you, just know this. Over a Kitchen Design by Giovanni, they redesign kitchens all the time. 
I mean, any remodeler can put a new countertop where the old one is, can put a new cabinet where the old one is. But they redesign your kitchen, a kitchen designed by Giovanni. They can map out that space. And if you say, I really, you know, I need an island, I need a peninsula, they can do that. Or an eat-in kitchen, or a kitchen that's more suitable for cooking and having, you know, maybe a bunch of you in there all at the same time. And they do it all the time. And you can see the before and after pictures at kitchendesignsbygiovanni.com. But that'll be your experience. When you work with them, you get a designer. And you also get a bid on your kitchen that gives every dollar a name. So you can put the money where you want it to go. If you want to invest in more cabinets, if you want to really go all out on the countertop, uh, if you want to rearrange it or not, that's up to you. And you can work on that and, and, again, direct every dollar. Kitchen Designs by Giovanni. Go to kitchendesignsbygiovanni.com or call 210-460-0113. Thank God it's... All right, 6.53 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi, and your calls on the dish. We are just talking about the Jardians uh, commercial and how that's become a uh, love it or hate it kind of uh, thing for people. And Natalie's on KTSA. Hi, Natalie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? um, I do like like this commercial, and I'll tell you, I'm... I studied and and went to an art institute for art and advertising. So, as a commercial artist, it's um, I think it's a good commercial. And yeah. also, the, uh, at the time that uh, after I, art school, I had a hard time finding a job, and I got a job with Richard Simmons as his advanced aerobic teacher because I had been oh. a cross country ski racer and huge into oh. athletics. And and anyway. Because of my love of uh, teaching aerobics back in the day and, 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 and good commercials, I saw that, and I like her energy. Mm-hmm. I loved that, you know, while I don't have diabetes, but I've, I, I still like the, the thought of somebody promoting health. Um, mm-hmm. I, thought it, I, I think it's an excellent commercial. It and is. I also yeah. like, I like Broadway. I like Broadway, and I yeah. like a good voice, and she has a beautiful voice, and she, she really has does. a joy. She has an inner joy that comes yeah. through. Yeah. And in this day of so many, so much negative commercials and kind of creepy things, it just seemed old-fashioned, kind of fun. There you go. I, I think you nailed it. I think you I think you hit all the high points as to why it's uh, getting a response. Um, yeah. Natalie, thank you. Yeah, Great story okay. about Richard Simmons, too. You know what commercial I, I will say I cannot, I have to mute, I just can't take. Have you seen the one, I don't know the name of the product, and it's not important. It, it's the talking colon box. It's some product where you, I guess you poop and you mail your poop away for a colon test. Is, am I getting that right? Is that basically it? It's a blue and white box. They send you the box, and it's a kit, and you send away poop, and they test it. Coligard. Coligard. Thank you, Greg. I can't stand it. I, I don't know why. I, I guess, you know what? I guess I can't stand the idea of poop in the mail. Can we Can we just, do we need to have that? Is that necessary? Anyway, I, that's that's my, so if if, uh, if you're put off by Jardians, I'm put off by the 
the talking box, the colon box. So we all have we all have some thing we have to get through, right? Um, if that's the worst problem you have in life, I guess you're doing all right. Um, oh, on the JR poll, the question was, uh, do you think the hospital bombing reports where the media got it wrong and said it was an Israeli rocket, uh, do you think those were honest mistakes? We asked you on the JR poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery, 100% said no. And we'll a new question uh, Monday when we get started live at uh, 4 o'clock, and you can always find us as a podcast. And Liliana gets the last word on the dish. Hi, Liliana. Hello. I got something for y'all to chew on. It's ball hog Okay, real quick. It's, it's 2941 East Houston Street, San Antonio, mm-hmm. Texas, ball hog mm-hmm. barbecue. The oh, best yeah. little dish I found in there to get is the uh, grilled cheese and brisket sandwich. And something wow. for you to chew on later yeah. is to think about yeah. this. Okay. This is going to go back to the uh, Ukraine, I mean, the uh, Israel thing going on. Okay. Why is Hamas strapped up with GoPros? Look up Funker 530 and you'll see a lot of first-person footage from Hamas. Why, are, why do they have GoPro cameras? Is that what you're asking? Yes, why so many? Oh, I don't know. I mean, because they buy them, I guess? I mean, you scroll on there, you'll see north to south live footage going on right and it's disturbing. okay i don't really understand the question are you asking where they got them or are you asking why they're using them or what why, why they're using them that's the whole yeah. that's the whole thing is because it doesn't make them look good you know well i i think they think it does um i think they're i think they're they're getting their message out they're propagandizing but uh and that's the way you do it in this day and age. Liliana, thanks for the call on Ball Hogs. We, we did get a call about a month ago about that place. It's over by the Frost Bank Center, 2941 East Houston. That's it for The Dish. See you back here live Monday at 4.